Hello and welcome to Capture Caledonia, the tracks that take us back, the podcast with me, Ewan Petrie. Each week, I'm joined by a guest who tells me all about the places in Scotland that mean the most to them and the memories and stories associated with these particular places. Then we listen to the songs that have become the soundtrack to these wonderful memories. I can't play all the songs in full due to copyright, but I hope that you enjoy the podcast nonetheless. If you are enjoying the podcast, please make sure you subscribe to it and leave us a rating and a review. You can also find us on social media. For Facebook and Instagram, just search Capture Caledonia. And for Twitter, search Capture Cali. Please like and share the pages with all your friends and family to help spread the word of Capture Caledonia and to keep up with the latest news. If you would like to support the podcast to help with future episodes, you can now donate on my Buy Me A Coffee page, which is www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash capture Cali. Any amount, no matter how small, really goes a long way. Thank you so much for your continued support and for listening to this week's episode. You're listening to the tracks that take us back on Capture Caledonia with Ewan Petrie. This week, it's a pleasure to welcome Finn Anderson to the tracks that take us back. Finn is a composer, lyricist and singer-songwriter who is fast establishing himself as one of Scotland's most enchanting storytellers. Moving effortlessly between the worlds of music and theatre, Finn has a remarkable talent for captivating his audience and drawing them into his world. As a singer-songwriter, Finn released his debut album Until the Light in June 2019. This release saw Finn's music finding an audience both here in Scotland and internationally and led to numerous collaborations across Scotland's folk and jazz scene, as well as a solo tour of the US. As a composer, lyricist, and scriptwriter, Finn has co-created four award-nominated musicals. Most recently, Finn composed the Edinburgh Fringe hit Islander, a contemporary folk tale written for just two female voices and looping technology. A truly unique and mesmerizing theatrical experience, Islander won the Musical Theatre Review's Best Musical Award and transferred to London's Southwark Playhouse, gaining a nomination for Best New Musical at the Off West End Awards. The show has since been adapted for BBC Radio 4 and is in development for several international productions, which is fantastic news because it's definitely a show that deserves to be seen across the world. Finn, thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome to Capture nice. Caledonia. Hello, it's a total pleasure to be here with you. Thank you. Now, Finn, before we take off on our travels around Scotland through the choices that you've made, I mentioned in the introduction that your debut album, Until the Light, was released in 2019. And I believe that the wait for your second album is nearly over. So when can we get our hands on the album and what was the inspiration and driving force behind it? Yeah, it's super close, super close now. Um, so yeah, the album is out in full, kind of wherever wherever people get their music at the end of October, on the 22nd of October. Um, and yeah, the this music draws, draws inspiration from a lot of places. I think what's interesting for me that's different, I guess, about this album to my first album is that the first album was written over a sort of long period of about 10 years. I think a lot of songwriters have this experience with their first album where it's you know, collecting all of this, all of their favorite songs that they've ever written, I guess. Um, and that album was released two years ago. And so this new album is is pretty much all songs which have been written over the last couple of years. And so it feels like they have a much more coherent um, and yeah, they feel they feel really like me now, which is which is really nice. Um, inspiration draws from a lot of places you know I write about my experiences and um, and things I'm thinking about things I'm questioning 
Um, but one of the themes that runs really heavily through through these songs is the theme of water and rivers and, and kind of Scotland's bodies of water and rivers and, and those places where I grew up. There's, there's a lot of reference to childhood and family and young growth and change and self-discovery at that young age and also kind of reflecting on what, what those memories mean for me now um, as well as yeah, I've got to get a heartbreak song in there. So there's a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I believe we're going to listen to a song off the album called Skin. Do you mind giving us an introduction to this particular song and then we'll listen to it? Yeah, so most of the songs on the album take place in kind of more rural or wilder places. And actually, Skin was written during lockdown, just when we were coming out of lockdown last year. Um, and it was, it took place in Glasgow, um, in Pollock Park, and near the White Cart Water and the river there. And it, it's basically just a, a portrait of this really vivid day of sort of emerging out of, you know, staring at your own, your own bedroom wall <laughs> for <laughs> three months, and just really feeling that um, being, being with someone you've not seen in a long time who you have very strong feelings for. And, and I guess the song is about all the things that are unsaid between between these two people, between these two men, and and yeah, all the the struggles of trying to to speak your truth to someone, I guess. Um, but it's also just about that that sense of freedom and release of of human contact again after such a long time, and and that feeling of being alive in someone's company. The trees wear their scars on the outside, but we keep ours under our shirts. You've got my tongue in your teeth now, as I show you where it hurts and your words leave me naked as into the river you dive and I begin to remember what it feels like to be alive Chest, off road and upstream and then back home riverside west and your words leave me wanting as into the distance you drive at least now I remember what it feels like to be alive river boys run city boys swim and English boys keep all their love on the inside So show me your shame and show me your skin But remember to keep all your love on the inside The trees keep their coats till November But we are July and bare eyes Leaving our clothes in the long grass We disable all our lives Shoulder deep we are breathless As into each other we stare I can see you, I can see you, I can see you River boys run, city boys swim And English boys keep all their love 
shame and show me your skin But remember to keep all your love on inside In the water we return to wherever we began In the cotton we become one another So slowly we unlearn what it is to be a man with skin on skin on skin. Just before we move on to talking about the choices that you've made, I want to quickly ask you about another very special chapter uh, in your career to date. Mm. And that's the musical you've composed, um, Islander. I completely fell in love with the show when I saw it. And I, I know you've been on quite the journey with it from developments on Mull uh, to a Scottish tour to the Edinburgh Fringe to London. And, and clearly the journey is far from over. What's it been like to be with this show every step of the way and to see mm. it grow in the way that it has? Yeah, it's, um, I'm really glad that, that you enjoy it, firstly. And yeah, Islanders is a sort of this surprise, really, for, for me and for all of us. You know, we, we made it, uh, we started making it in 2017 and then went back for some more development in 2018 on the Isle of Mull and really immersing ourselves in, in that landscape. And that's found its way really heavily into, into the, the tale that we've created and, and the sort of textures of the story and the music and the sounds. Um, but we were, we were making this, you know, really intimate show, um, which is, is written for two voices and a loop station. Um, for people who don't know what a loop station is, they basically, these two women layer their voices um, on top of one another to create all of the music and all of the soundscape um, for the show. And yeah, it was made as a small thing to tour highlands and islands, town halls, schools, small, small village spaces. And yeah, it's sort of just grown from there and, and not necessarily in scale, but, but in terms of the audience that it's reached and we've Islanders found its way to, to Poland in Polish. It's just about to open in Korea, in Korea. <laughs> wow. um, and we're, we're looking at um, opening in the US next year, which is really exciting. And, and it's also had an adaptation for, for screen and for radio. So it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing that something that, that felt so small and intimate and self-contained has been a story and a sort of theatrical form that's resonated enough to, to have that life and I've made some very dear friends 
over the course of that time and yeah and Mull was already a very special place for me but but even more so now um, after the creation of Islander. Yeah. You mentioned the looping technology and this is something that completely fascinates me how familiar were you with this technology going into the show or were you learning as you were developing the show along with you know the actors that are in it as well? Yeah so I was definitely learning. <laughs> still I'm learning because now what I'm having to learn is how do you, you know, communicate all of that, all of those actions that they're taking on a loop station to people on the other side of the world when you can't be there, which is a whole other thing. But um, yeah, I wasn't, I wanted to explore looping for a long time, um, but it wasn't something that I'd really played with um, in detail or in depth. And I think I had the loop station for about a week and a half before we started rehearsals. So it was really <laughs> like a, yeah, just diving, diving headfirst into it and yeah, discovering lots of things in the room. And, um, but it was, it was really fun for me to step away from the piano. I play piano and I write a lot at the piano and to be forced to kind of write in this different way. So I wrote pretty much all of Islander just with headphones on at the loop station, singing loops into the microphones and kind of layering it up and trying, deleting things, trying again. And, and that was a totally different way of, you know, you get you get so um, set in the chords that you play on the piano and the muscle memory that you have. And so I think it was, it unlocked some new musical things for me. Um, and working with Kirsty and Bethany, the actors, they brought so much to it. But yeah, it was new for all of us. And I think they, we're really good friends, but they definitely still hate me a little bit for how challenging <laughs> that show was to learn in the time that we learned it. I mean, for anyone who's listening who hasn't seen it, it's just so special when, you know, it's just effortless the way that, you, you know, the, the looping technology is used and it brings so much to the show. Um, and, you know, if you have seen it, then you'll obviously appreciate, you know, how, how effective it is as a medium. Um, I'd love to move on, actually, to talk about the places that you've chosen for the tracks that take us back today, Finn. So do you mind revealing the first place that you've chosen to talk about and why you've chosen this uh, place? Yeah, for sure. So there is, yeah, I, I was, I've said this to you before we started talking today. I found this really challenging to narrow it down. You know, I'm, I love Scotland <laughs> and I love <laughs> our wild places and we've got so many beautiful places in Scotland. And, and what I realised um, when thinking about it a lot was that that whilst there are lots of places that hold a lot of beauty and a lot of magic, the, the places that I kept coming back to were the ones that held some kind of story for me or some kind of real personal, you know, memory or connection. So not necessarily the most spectacular places, but the places that really hold somewhere um, in my heart. I guess I'm a storyteller, so I'm a sucker for, you know, hmm. places that, that have stories attached to them. But um, yeah, this first place is in Ely, so I grew up in the East Nuke of Fife in a little fishing village called Pittenweem and then moved to Lower Largo just along the water and me and my mum, well my whole family but particularly my mum used to spend a lot of time going to Ely Beach um, when I was little and there are a few places dotted along, dotted along this beach and um, the one that I'm sort of particularly drawn to today is the Ladies Tower which is I don't know if you've ever been to, to that corner of the East Nuke, but it's um, it sort of sits on the edge, right on this sort of bit jutting out into the sea. And there's this ruined tower, um, which used to have a roof, but now is just sort of these four stone stone windows open to the elements. And it just this it's almost feels like a stone circle when you're you're in it. It's got that kind of really magical 
um, ancient feeling. And although it's not that that ancient, it's not Stone Circle ancient, but this was a place that me and my mum used to walk a lot when I was was little. And <laughs> we have this. She she jokes about this because when I was little, and I used to get grumpy. I was quite a grumpy child, and she would take me to the beach and she always said that when I went to the beach and I had my shoes off and put my feet in the sand that my grumps went away and it got to the point where I was sort of like tugging on her tugging on her jacket saying mom it's time to go to the beach whenever I got a bit <laughs> grumpy <laughs> and um, that's definitely stayed as a theme throughout my life not the grumps but the going <laughs> to the beach um, and yeah Errol's Ferry Beach in, in Ely and along along from there the the ladies tower and the lighthouse near there are places that we used to walk a lot when i was little um and so yeah the song that i've chosen is is a song by an artist that my mum introduced me to and my mum really loves um and it's also just about you know letting your letting your worries go um so that was why it felt relevant for this place much to my shame i've only really discovered the East Nuke fishing villages in the last year or so um, mm. through just the, trying to explore different areas. And I think that whole stretch of, I guess, villages and coastline is just spectacular. You know, as you come out of the way, the way I came was out of St. Andrews and, you know, you get like Kings yeah. Barnes and Crail and Anstruther and then like um, Pitt and Weem, St. Monan's, Ely. Like there's just so many places with s- such charm. And I just imagine growing up there must have been quite special, actually. Yeah, it really was. Um... You know, I think childhood's a, a difficult time for many of us in, in many different ways. And so a lot of the memories that, you know, there are so many really beautiful, positive memories. And there's also those memories of, you know, um, teenaged angst and, and being being young and wanting to escape. And, and the beach and the coast and being able to sort of run out of the house and be somewhere with that vast view and the, the elements just so present around you, I think, uh, yeah, has was a really important part of growing up for me um, and recently actually for the album me and Sedona May who's a photographer and, and filmmaker we went down to the East Nuke and we shot all of the artwork at different different places along the East Nuke for the album and the singles um, have you ever been to the chain walk if you've been down that way do you know I've not and I, I really really want to do it because I love my walking and my my partner Sophie has actually done it you know they used to go to Ely a lot when they were growing up uh, they, their family still go there a lot and so it's definitely on my bucket list. So the chain walk is um, I, I recently discovered that my mum did the chain walk with me when I was less than a year old <laughs> the, the, the chain walk is this if anyone's not heard of it is this quite treacherous like walk along this not cliffs but you know sharp um inclines of of rock and you've got these chains you have to clamber over up and down if you fall into the sea it's it's not going to be good it's like a good 20 foot drop in places and yeah my mum did this walk with me strapped to her front in a sling when I was like 10 months old and I don't know whether to be like wow you're incredible or how dare you why did you put me (laughs) through that risk (laughs) Maybe that set you up for a fascination, though, with water and, and the nature. And, and it's obviously gone on to, to become a part of your art as well later in life. Yeah, yeah. Water <laughs> is in everything I do. I, I collaborate, I work with a lot. Tanya, who's a theatre director, she tells me I need to stop. I need to write a, a show or a song that's not about trees, vegetables or water, because it's just finds its way into everything I do. <laughs> 
I quite like that. Um, you've mentioned as well this, well the the sort of reasoning behind the song that you've chosen. Do you mind sort of going into more detail and then uh, letting us know the song and we'll listen to it? Yeah, of course. So it's it's not a song that I necessarily would listen to in this place. Actually, one of the the things I was thinking about when you you asked the question about the songs associated with places, I think when I go to natural places, I tend to to not be listening to music. I tend to just be listening to the sounds around me and um you know, the sound of the sea or the sound of the birds or, or animals or whatever is going on there. Um, but this song is something I really associate with my mum and also um, with freedom, I guess, and feeling your, your worries sort of draining off you. And um, yeah, it's a song that I go back to again and again in the same way that I go back to the coast again and again. So yeah, for those reasons. And do you mind um, revealing who the song is yeah, by. Yeah, and the song is a mystery. <laughs> um, the song is by Corrine Polwert, um, one of Scotland's great folk musicians and songwriters and humans and storytellers. Um, and it's called Don't Worry. Don't worry, worrying won't make it all stop. I would trade in the swell of the for one tiny little raindrop When the soldier comes back With the weight of the world in his little knapsack He's gonna need a hand to hold To ease out the thorns from the heart of his soul Excellent. Where have you chosen as your second place to talk about today, Finn? So, yeah, unimaginatively, I'm just like nipping along the coast a little bit. <laughs> um, so sticking around in the East Nuke um, to a place that, that I lived from the age of about eight to, to 15, which are, I guess, really formative years. Hmm. Um, but in particular, so this is in Lower Largo, um, uh, where I lived and went to school and, and lived with my family and um, there is there's a beach a long stretch of beach which is a lovely walk but there's this particular little corner of beach and and land and sand um which was just down you know we lived basically right on the beach which you know looking back was something I definitely didn't appreciate as much as I should have done at the time um but I could hear the sound of the sea from my bedroom when I fell asleep at night and um there's this little path that goes down to the beach often would go down there and bare feet just of a morning or whatever to play and um at the bottom there's this this um chunk of beach which this which is home to a really special tradition in my family and i guess it's the tradition that that roots me so firmly in that little patch of land but um it's a tradition that's been going now for about 15 years 15 maybe 20 years um that my mum started she was at a, a new year's eve party um at somebody's house just along along the beach in 
in Lower Largo and I think they were all a bit drunk and there was lots of music there and she said oh tomorrow we're gonna have a big bonfire and we're gonna do a Kaylee dance and we're gonna do she just kind of came up with this grand plan because I don't know if the party she was at wasn't satisfactory enough for her or, <laughs> or whatever um and so and then the next morning she got this knock knock at the door and she's kind of bleary-eyed and a bit hungover and somebody somebody there with a fiddle and, and a guitar and like a, a wheelbarrow full of wood saying well we've come for the bonfire <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah there's a bonfire and there's there's a couple of musicians that have been there right since the beginning and um, martin on the guitar and tom on the fiddle and um every year my mum calls some kaylee dances and um, we, we have a fire and we dance around the fire and there's been people that have been doing this every year on the 2nd of January for yeah 15-20 years now and it's also grown and grown so there's more people every year as as new people come along um, and new musicians come along so one of the beautiful things that's happened is the house um, that we used to live in we, we moved away and um, but the people that live there now have kept this tradition going. They're <laughs> jazz musicians. So they, there's now there's like a trombone and a double bass on the beach on the 2nd of January. And there's all kind of jazz musicians kind of fusing with the more traditional songs. And yeah, so we're kaleying to all kinds of music. Um, I mean, I know definitely where I'm going on the 2nd of January now next year. That right. sounds exactly like my kind of party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're invited. You're definitely invited. I, um, I loved it. Yeah. And so... So actually, this song, um, it's not specifically linked to that tradition, but it is, um, you know, sometimes you just have a really vivid memory of the first time that you heard a song. Mm. And um, I remember being in that house, which is such a house of the sea. There was always sand everywhere and you know, everything <laughs> creaked. And um, I was in my brother's bedroom. I think he was probably away. I probably shouldn't have been in his bedroom. I don't know what I was doing, raking through his drawers or stealing his stealing whatever he's I've got an old an eight-year-older brother so I was always forbidden from his bedroom so <laughs> when he's gone out of the house you sneak in <laughs> um, and I remember he had this cd um that was in the cd player and I think it was a mixtape mix cd that he'd made and I put it on and the first song on it was was this song um by Bjork who has since then become like one of my all-time favorite artists and it was just it was I'd never heard anything like this song in my life. I'd never heard anything that felt like it combined these like beautiful organic textures with such an intense um, like rugged, almost industrial kind of percussion. And it just really blew my mind in terms of what music could be and what expression could be. I must've been about 10 years old. Um, and yeah, it also feels like it speaks to, you know, Bjork's from Iceland. It speaks to that the kind of rugged, the, the rocks and, and wild beaches and hills and dramatic landscapes of the coast. So for all those reasons, um, that was why I chose this song. You mentioned uh, just a wee while ago about, you know, in hindsight, maybe not being, you know, as grateful as you could have been for being in a in a location like that or, you know, being appreciative of, of living like on, on the beach. Growing up in a, in a rural setting like that, I mean, I was similar. I grew up in a rural place. Were you keen to get out of there and go to like the cities and explore or were you quite content there through your childhood hmm. I think so I've kind of known that I wanted to be involved in theatre from from a very young age you know it's something I've been doing from from as long as for as long as I can remember um, and I think I always just felt this draw to be somewhere where there was lots of theatre <laughs> and hmm. lots of music and so I you know at the first opportunity I moved to London when I was 18 
and and I think I was yeah and I moved from a small a small town in Fife and I think there there was always that desire to be elsewhere um from that point of view but also I think you know growing up as as a gay man in a small rural coastal town um who wants to write musicals <laughs> like you don't <laughs> find that many people uh like you around or certainly I didn't and mm. the internet wasn't really a place where people spent time and so it never felt like there were that many people like me around I didn't um yeah I felt like a bit of an outsider for a lot of my time spent in those places I think and and whilst I look back now and and the East Newcombe almost feels more like home now than ever, even though I live in Glasgow. Definitely at the time, yeah, there were lots of wonderful things and I loved I loved the ocean and I loved all of those traditions. And But also there was definitely a longing for a belonging um, that I didn't feel um, at that time, which was something I probably didn't recognise at that time. But but looking back, you know, I poured a lot of, a lot of those feelings into, into music and, and writing. Did you see yourself moving back somewhere like that in the future? You know what? More than ever at the moment, I can <laughs> see myself. Like you might call me tomorrow and I've, I've bought a wee cottage somewhere. I mean, I can't afford to buy a wee cottage. I'm a freelance artist. But um, yeah, I, I really do see myself living, definitely living by water. But, but yeah, I, can, I could see myself going back to Fife now, I think. Well, with that in mind, shall we listen to the song that you've chosen? Yes, so this is the mighty Bjork and the song is called Yoga. And you push me up to this Okay, so time to head to our final destination of the day. So where have you saved for last? So this place, again, somewhere that I lived um, and somewhere actually where my parents still live, which is is in um, uh, Newborough in, in Fife, which is, is just on the border between Perthshire and uh, Fife. It's kind of the final town that you reach before you come to Perthshire. Um, it's, it's still in Fife, um, but it's, on, it's a town that's on the River Tay, um, and it's a town that has was a, a place that I moved when I was about 15 um, and it moved quite far away from a lot of my friends and at the time it, it maybe wasn't a move that yeah the, it felt like I was moving quite far away from people um, but it's a place that I've really grown to, to love a lot um, and there is so my parents bought this this old kind of house that needed a, lo- a lot of work and was very run down and um, had but had a beautiful garden and, and fruit trees in the garden and Newburgh's got this history of of fruit which is which is a really beautiful thing too um, a whole load of other stories there but up behind the house there is this hill um, called the White Craig um, and I I just love it. it again it's not the most you know spectacular place in Scotland but it 
it was somewhere that I would walk up, you know, every day in it. And that sense of perspective, walking up a hill, there's nothing like that, is there? You know, going going to the top of a summit, and it's a small hill, but um, you walk up these kind of tiny alleyways up through the town, um, and you cross the railway bridge, um, you catch a train if you're lucky, and then the, there's this very steep steps, and then you just sort of emerge um, into this little woodland walk and then it opens up and as you reach the sort of viewpoint halfway up the hill you can see all the way um down the river Tay towards Perth and Bridge of Erin and across to Errol and all the farmlands across there and you can also see Dundee um and you can see kind of how yeah how the the river begins to turn into the ocean out that way um and the river Tay is tidal as well so you know, the river looks completely different on different days. Um, and there's this island in the middle of the river. Sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. And it, yeah, and there's the, this incredible phenomenon in winter one year where um, because it's tidal, the river can be flowing one way, but things on the river can be flowing the other way. Mm. Um, and so there was this, I don't know if you, I think, I don't remember what year it was, but we had this crazy winter and it was just ice felt for months and months and there were these giant chunks of ice like icebergs floating down <laughs> floating down the river Tay in the wrong direction I just have that vivid memory of seeing that from the top of this hill um but yeah this hill was a, a place that I climbed a lot in my teens um and it was a real escape um for me and a place to meet the dawn chorus and, and morning birds and yeah pick pick raspberries and um, it's also above a quarry, so you get the occasional blast of of quarry and rock as well. Sounds like a like a pretty special place. The way you've described it, there. Um, talked obviously about getting out and going up a hill. Is that something that you enjoy doing? Um, obviously we're blessed with lots of options for that in Scotland. Uh, are you keen on yeah. getting out and climbing a Munro or similar hills? Yeah, I do. I don't do it enough, but I really do love love that experience, and I I love um. Yeah, just the perspective that comes from from climbing and that sort of slow ascent, you know, that every stop along the way, you get a different perspective on the landscape. And and it is just amazing what that kind of taking yourself out of out of the ground level buzz and life that we're all living can give you perspective on things in your life, isn't it? From from a mental health point of view, it's mm. it can be, you know, the exercise to get to the top, but then also that open openness and expansive horizon that you see when you get there i think is a really good thing yeah i completely agree i find it so infectious climbing climbing hills you know me and my friends and my partner do it quite a lot and um i've become like i I love the whole routine of it now as well like we go to like the supermarket every morning we'll buy like a (laughs) a meal deal you know or something and stock up on supplies and then we'll head off to wherever we're going and I love the sort of effort that you put into it and you know you stop and you always look back at the views that you have but you know that you know when you come back down you're going to just be looking at that the whole way down and I yeah Mm -hmm. I find it what you've said about taking care of you know it can take care of your mental health it's definitely what it does for me I just feel like it cleanses my whole sort of mind every time I go up a hill yeah do you have a a hill you've climbed recently that's particularly memorable um yeah i've we've been doing quite a few um this year one that's really memorable from last year is we did a circuit called the ring of steel which is in uh, glen nevis so at the foot of ben nevis yeah it's like five munros in one day so it's quite a big day it's about 11 12 hours of walking and you sort of once you're up it's a sort of peak to peak type thing and you go around in a in a big circle 
but I mean, it's amazing because you come right through Glen Nevis and you're greeted by Steel Falls, the waterfall. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's... No, I've not. Oh, it's amazing. And um, so that's kind of the first thing you see is this just amazing, gigantic waterfall. And then you sort of go up to the left, almost around and up on top of the waterfall. And then that's when you continue up to the top of the hill. But that's a that's a special one. If you ever get the chance, if you're in Fort William or or close to there and you've got a, a free day because you need the whole day definitely to do it. But it's definitely worth it. Oh, cool. Yeah, it sounds like a good, a good challenge. Yeah. Sure, but it sounds great. Yeah, I'm, I've become that person who's who's trying to do them all. Um definitely going to be a, a lifetime challenge i'm kind of aiming to do between 10 and 20 a year if i can and i've you know if i do that hopefully between sort of i guess 12 15 years i should should finish them all but um <laughs> yeah we'll see how that goes um yeah so i've obviously digressed a little bit from the place that you've chosen but um you've obviously chosen a song to go along with it why, why have you chosen this particular song that you have yeah i have so when I was, when we lived, when I lived in Newborough and with my parents, I used to go for these like nighttime, <laughs> I don't think my parents knew, but I would just leave the house in the middle of the night and make myself a playlist and go for a nighttime walk. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was a bit of an angsty teenage rebellious time for me when I lived there and also just processing a lot of things, you know, um, in my teens and, um, and yeah, I'm really blessed with parents that have great music taste but I would think it was also at a time where I was discovering you know my own music taste and, and what kind of music I loved and um, one of my friends in particular um, who I, I was at college with at the time he um, got me into Jeff Buckley in a big way and this mm. was um, I think Jeff Buckley is probably the first man I was ever properly in love with <laughs> and um, just his voice and you know the whole world that, that he conjures in that that one album um, and also the, the tragedy of his death and um, yeah it was it was one of the songs that was on a lot of my nighttime walk playlists and often my nighttime walk playlists would take me down to the River Tay and look at the lights across in Dundee or or I'd go up up the White Craig up the hill um, and look at you know at the, at the river um, at nighttime and the moon and, and the kind of twinkling lights in the distance so this song associates with with those places and also with all of the teenage feelings of that time as well and it is lover you should have come over by jeff buckley just before we listen to it i just want to say a massive thank you finn for coming on the show and giving me your time today and talking me through these wonderful memories i've really enjoyed chatting to you today so thank oh, you a total pleasure how many more hours have we got because i could talk about <laughs> scotland like my favorite places in scotland and my favorite music for all day so yeah a total pleasure thank you sometimes a man Yeah. 
listening to the tracks that take us back on Capture Caledonia with Ewan Petrie. Thank you so much for listening to Capture Caledonia, the tracks that take us back. If you're enjoying the podcast, please remember to subscribe and to leave us a rating and a review. Please also go on social media and like and share the pages with all your friends and family. A little reminder that on Facebook and Instagram, just search Capture Caledonia and on Twitter, search Capture Cali. Go on, like, share, post, comment about it and help spread the word of Capture Caledonia. If you want to support the podcast, remember you can go on to my Buy Me A Coffee page, www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash Capture Cali. Any amount that you can afford to donate to support the podcast will really go a long way and help to ensure that we can keep the podcast going in the future. Thank you so much for your continued support and I look forward to seeing you next week.